Welcome to the Lancet Respiratory Medicine Podcast. I'm Aaron Van Dorn. Today on the podcast, I spoke with Dan Luer, a researcher at the University College of London who focuses on the health and health needs of homeless and drug-using populations. We discussed a modeling study that looked at the potential effects of COVID-19 on housing strategies for homeless populations in the United Kingdom. Mr. Luer, can you provide us with a little bit of background on the study? Why did you decide to look at how COVID-19 was affecting people experiencing homelessness in the UK? There's quite a few people concerned about this issue, both in the UK and elsewhere. Uh, and there's, there's really two reasons for that. The first is that the virus could spread in buildings where homeless accommodation is provided. There's some different types of accommodation and some are higher risk than others. And the second reason is that lots of people who use that kind of accommodation have health conditions that mean they could be more likely to get seriously ill if they get COVID-19. So you know, pe- people in the general population who had those health conditions would be taking extra care to avoid unnecessary contact with others. The aim of the study was to estimate the avoided deaths and healthcare use among people experiencing homelessness. Can you tell us how you generated these estimates and what you found? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess there's a, there's a few things to say there. I mean, the, the first is that it's a modelling study. So like all modelling studies, it's a big simplification of reality. It's only as good as its assumptions. And it's really designed to inform policy rather than to give exact predictions. So they're sort of general things that you know we might say about any modelling study. This one uses quite standard approaches to modelling infectious diseases. Lots of other studies of COVID-19 use the same methods and studies of other infectious diseases too. And we've applied those methods to the homeless population of England, particularly to how transmission might happen within night shelters and hostels where accommodation is provided. It looks at what could happen if infectious individuals stay in one of those places, how likely outbreaks are and the deaths that could happen as a result. And it also looks at at the deaths and hospital admissions that could be avoided if the kind of support that we've seen provided to date is continued. So I guess that's another thing that's worth talking a bit about is the support that's been provided to date. The first phase in the UK and and some other countries too, we're now kind of thinking of ourselves as being in the second phase of COVID-19. And in that in that first phase, which was really peaking in the spring, we worked with quite a few partners to try and learn what's happening, how COVID-19 was affecting people experiencing homelessness in this country and also what was being done. From a a policy angle, all the night shelters were closed. Government provided funding for people who offered hotel accommodation instead. Hostels, they're sort of quite different to what we would think of as night shelters. You know, the night shelters is a shared space, a dormitory with lots of beds. A hostel is a place where people usually have their own room, but there's shared facilities and spaces. Sometimes it's quite temporary accommodation. Uh, So they tended to stay open, but with lots of modifications in terms of closing those shared spaces, hand hygiene, symptom monitoring. So really kind of across the board, a slightly different model of accommodation. And it seems relatively few infections and deaths as well. It's kind of, there's sort of lots of uncertainty in that. It's not great quality data that we have about COVID-19 and homelessness. There's no central register of all those accommodation projects. It's a dynamic population that's always changing against the background of very high mortality rates and and respiratory disease anyway. But what we've seen from talking to charities that provide accommodation is 
in that first phase, there weren't so many people getting ill and or being admitted to hospital and dying. And part of the project was to understand that and the possible reasons why that might have been, why things might have not been as bad as we feared. What are the implications of your findings? Do you expect them to have a positive impact on policy for this population? We definitely hope so. It's a study that has got direct and very current policy relevance. I mean, I'd say the key finding of the study is that homeless accommodation settings are quite likely to have outbreaks if we go back to the previous ways of working and, you know, previous models of homeless accommodation that includes night shelters and kind of normal levels of mixing within hostels. And those outbreaks are likely to happen even if we've only got a low background level of of COVID-19 in the community. In this country, at least, you know, in the UK, COVID's on the increase now. So those outbreaks are very likely in those settings. And where those outbreaks happen, the exposure and number of cases is going to be much higher in this population than, than in the general population. So the real implication is that the support that's been provided in the first wave needs to be continued. And the need for that is really amplified by the cold weather and going into winter. So some really clear policy implications, as your question was asking. One, that night shelters, there's such a high risk setting lots of people um, sleeping in the same room, that we've made a recommendation that they should all remain closed. And there's a number of people pushing for that. So, for example, Crisis, one of the homeless charities in this country, have said that the decision that night shelters should be closed that was made back in March um, was the right thing. That should be continued this winter. And I think their words were that we must not force people to choose between freezing on the street or a shelter when both needlessly put lives at risk. So that's the message that we're really trying to support, that the minimum standard of accommodation for this population should be single rooms with their own bathrooms. There's been lots of coverage of our study and advocacy done by others uh, in the media. And I think our study has given some quantitative base to, to that campaign. So hopefully there will be an impact and we won't see those kind of high-risk settings reopening as we go into winter. You mentioned the current second wave of COVID-19 infections that the UK is seeing at the moment. How should we prepare to ensure adequate protection for this population, given that? I think that one simple message, that the minimum standard of accommodation should be a single bedroom with own bathroom for everyone, is the key one. And in a way, it's a shame that it takes COVID-19 to set a bar even that low in terms of the standard of housing that people are getting. For organisations that have historically provided shelters, that's often churches or charities, it's a very difficult decision if you are in the situation of leaving people out in the cold or giving people a warm bed in an environment where it's difficult to maintain social distancing and and other measures that are going to reduce the risk of COVID-19. That's a situation that is avoidable and really is is a result from a very low level of resources being available for accommodation. There's lots of other things that are important too. There's ongoing surveillance of symptoms, the prioritisation of these kinds of settings in terms of testing and turnaround of testing, support from health services for identifying people who are vulnerable to more severe disease. I would say they're the key things. Well, Mr. Lewer, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. No problem. Thanks for having me.